this morning. Sing with me right here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, worship his holy. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song again, whatever may pass and whatever comes before me, let me be singing when the evening comes, lift it up, bless the Lord. His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Lord, you're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind for all your goodness i will keep on singing ten thousand reasons for my heart to find so bless the lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy somebody tell them you're glad to see them this morning if you're inclined reach out fist bump somebody i'm glad y'all braved the snow this morning to come out and worship it's going to be an awesome day here at harmony sing this last verse with me and on that day when my strength is fading the end draws near, my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forever more, forever more. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship.
we're here to bless his name this morning. There is a reason we sing, and that's what this song talks about. Sing with me. There's a reason I can sing. There's a reason for this life inside me. One name above all names, Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus. There's a reason for this hope. There's a reason for this peace that I know. One worthy of all praise. Jesus, yes, it's Jesus. I will lift my hands up. I will raise my voice high. I will shout out your love until the day that I die. Everything that I have, all my worship I bring. You're the reason I live. You're the reason I sing. You're the reason I live. You're the reason I sing. For the goodness of your grace each day, I will bow and bless your name, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I will lift my hands up. I will raise my voice high. I will shout out your love until the day that I die. Everything that time on earth is through, when my final breath has left these lungs, I'll forever be with you, where the song goes on and on. I will lift my hands up, I will raise my voice high, I will shout out your love until Awesome singing this morning. You may be seated. 
Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. If you're in person today, we want to thank you for being here with us. And if you're online uh, on the, the Facebook live stream or our online campus, we're thrilled and we want to say thank you for joining us. And you know, one of the things that we all need is a, a, a purpose in life. We need a, a reason for living. And I want you to know today that Jesus is that reason. No matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life, I want you to know that he is the answer and he brings hope to everyday life and everyday situations. Well, I want to tell you about a couple of things uh, that we have uh, coming up here uh, over the, the next several weeks, and, and one of them is very uh, important. Ladies, uh, Aspire Ladies Conference event is coming to Harmony on Saturday, March the 12th. Now, we've got uh, Debbie Osdorf, we've got Amberly Neese, we've got Linda, uh, Lindsay uh, McCall that, that is leading worship that night. Uh, it's going to be an incredible night. Tickets are available today, immediately following the service, and I just want to encourage you to come out and uh, be a part of that special time, ladies. It's going to make a difference. It's an awesome uh, opportunity to buy a ticket for yourself, maybe some friends, invite them to be here. We'll be putting out some information on social media uh, and different uh, things taking place. Uh, with that uh, in, in the very near future. And, and as I said, uh, tickets will be available today, immediately following uh, the service in the back. And the ladies have some other events uh, that are taking place uh, in the near future as well that we'll be sharing more uh, of with you. I uh, also want to let you know uh, that we believe in the, the power of prayer. So today, uh, if you have a prayer request, if you have something in your life that you uh, would like us to pray with you about, uh, to pray for uh, with you, please let us know. And you can do that uh, by sharing a prayer request with some of the uh, QR codes that uh, are around. Uh, you can hop on our app, uh, download that. You can share uh, that prayer request with us. Uh, you can do that uh, online or stop by the Connection Center on your way out today. We would love the opportunity to know how we can better serve you and pray with you and for you uh, during the, the days of life where you could use some extra prayer. With that in mind, we have a prayer conference, a prayer summit, a prayer workshop, whatever you would like to call it, uh, coming up on Saturday, February the 12th, that's going to be led by Becky Reagan, all right, and uh, she's one of our ladies, she's written a book uh, called Legacy Prayers, and, and I want to tell you something, uh, she is a, a wife and a mom that knows how to pray, and you say, how do you know that? Her son, Matt Reagan, uh, is one of the teaching pastors at this little bitty church uh, in Kentucky. Um, it's called Southeast Christian. Um, you walk in and there's only 10,000 seats in the place. Can you believe that? That's it. I mean, that's all they could build. So they just stopped and they said, but 10,000 is all, all we're going to go ahead and, and put out there. Uh, she knows the power of praying for that young man to be in God's will and do what, what God would have him to do. Uh, and uh, he's, he's doing that. Uh, and uh, I believe that the power of prayer in her life is, is real. Uh, and uh, the, the thoughts uh, that, that she has shared in her book will make a difference uh, in your life as they've made a difference in her life and in the life of her family. So I want to encourage you uh, with that opportunity. And that's open to everyone uh, here at Harmony, friends, outside of Harmony, whatever it might be, as you receive that information, want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that. Well, we're in a series entitled 28 Acts of Prayer, uh, and we're just encouraging you to read 
one chapter of Acts a day, and, and then spend some time in prayer. And we've given you a journal, uh, and uh, those journals will continue to be available as we go throughout the year. They may look a little different at, at different times in the year, but we want to encourage you to be reading your Bible daily and praying daily because we believe that it makes a difference in hearts and lives. So if you don't have one of those, we want to encourage you to pick one up today on your way out. But today we're going to continue the series entitled 28 Acts of Prayer, and today we're talking about praying before you get there. So before we get to that message, we're going to have a moment of prayer. We're going to sing a couple more songs, and then I'm going to come back and share with you about the, the reality of praying before you get to the crisis, before you get to the circumstance, before you get to the need, and I believe it'll make a difference in our hearts and in our lives today. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and uh, we have many requests. Uh, Lord, uh, we're, we're people uh, that have needs. Lord, uh, life is up and down for us. And for some, right now, it feels like life is winning. For others, it feels like life is, is getting the best uh, of them. Lord, there's uh, weather concerns today for, for some. There's sickness. There's other things that are taking place. And Lord, I just ask that whether we're dealing with grief and loss, Father, whether we're, we're dealing with a decision as to what do we do with our life when, when this next thing does or doesn't happen. Lord, I just ask that you'll give us the direction that we need, that you will be uh, in our lives, and God, that you'll give us a greater desire to pray and to talk to you so that we may not only hear from you, but so that we might live our life for you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Stand with us one more time. These next couple songs just remind us that when we pray, he's already listening. He wants the best for you this morning. Sing out with me right here. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Think about this now. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see an empty tomb. So when 
stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You're an almighty fortress. You go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. that the highest king would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. Free at last, he has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. 
place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. There's 3,000 promises in the Bible. All those promises are right there for you. John 14 talks about that place in heaven, prepared a place for a prepared person. Let me encourage you to trust him this morning with everything that you are, everything that you have, because I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am. a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Pray with me this morning. Father, I'm thankful that we can trust you, that we can trust your promises. And Father, as John steps up to preach this morning and, and gives the message you've given him this week, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to it that you would help us understand how prayer works in our lives and how we should approach it. So, Father, as we just dwell here to worship with you, learn more about you, and give ourselves to you, be with us in a special way. Let us feel your power and your presence in our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I love the, the words to that last song that we uh, just sang. You know, we, we spent a lot of time in life being labeled. We, we spend a lot of time in life, people saying, this is what you are. We spend a lot of time in life uh, trying to maybe overcome some of the things that we think we've been labeled or, or how people view us or how we view ourselves. But isn't it incredible to know that God has an absolute perfect perspective of us and who we are and he has created us to be far more than what we could ever think or hope on our own. Well, you know, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about uh, acts of prayer. And we've been talking about how prayer makes a difference in our life. Uh, prayer helps us negotiate the difficult times. It helps us to be able to, to celebrate the good times. And when we look at, at prayer, it, it covers every aspect of our life in between those moments and then some. When we look at the, the early church, we go back and we look at the, the Bible and we just begin to search some different things. We, we look at, at how they seem to, to care about each other and they spent time together. And, and the Bible says that over and over and over, thousands of people would just show up all of a sudden 
in the church. And, and I'm not talking about in the building. I'm talking about coming to know Jesus as their Savior. Thousands on a regular basis would just say, look, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be a part of the way that this guy has led people and the direction that he can take me. People then are just like people now. They're, they're looking for more. And when they see some love and compassion, some generosity and, and humanity. They, they see people loving and serving. They look at it and they say, you know what? That's missing in my life and I would like to have that. Well, when we look at generosity, we look at compassion, we look at love, we look at the, the growth of the early church and, and we look at how things were unfolding. Here's something really incredible to stop and just focus on for a moment. All of those things were fueled by prayer. Over and over and over, here's what we discover. When something amazing takes place, people were praying. We, we look at, at what happens. And, and, and Peter, on, on the day of Pentecost, they're, they're gathering and they're praying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit descends upon them. As, as Jesus said what happened, he said, look, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you this one that's going to be an encourager, an equipper, an empower. And when it happens, you're going to see some incredible things take place. So we have this group of people that were common and ordinary people. Peter, the, the guy that would get frustrated and, and even tell Jesus, look, you, you've got this wrong. It's not how it's going to work out. And he would try and rewrite the story of Jesus' life for him. We, we've, we've got John, the, the guy that Jesus was, was one that, that loved, but, but up to, to this point, we, we don't see much taking place in his life. He hadn't preached a sermon. He, he hadn't been out doing an incredible things that we look at and, and, and see, hey, John did all of this on his own, or Peter did these things on his own. These common, ordinary people with struggles and ups and downs in life, and, and people that were hungry and searching for answers, all of a sudden, they're gathering and they pray, and, and the Holy Spirit falls on them, and not long after that, there's this big gathering. Peter stands up and, and preaches a message that if you read down through it, it takes just a few minutes. And thousands of people turn to Christ. And, and here's an incredible thing about the message. It's right there in, in Acts chap, chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. It's not a self-help message. It's not a message that if you were listening to would cause you to leave feeling good about yourself. And no, nobody walked out of the gathering on that day and said, wow, I am really glad that Pastor Peter ju just kind of had some good jokes and some good things in between. And he really gave us something to, to think about that, that maybe I'll get around to deciding upon sometime later, only to forget everything that was said prior to lunch. That is none, none of those things happened. Peter stands up. He, he gives a message that's very bold, that's very pointed. And, and he tells people, look, you, you need Jesus. And, and this Jesus that you crucified, he's the one that's, that's doing all these things and making these, these things possible. And the Bible says that on that day, thousands of people came to know Jesus. What was the secret? Well, we, we go a little bit further in Acts chapter 2, and it says again that 
that more people come to, to know Jesus. We go to Acts chapter 3, and it says that they were on their way to pray, and people experience miracles, and then more people come to know Jesus. And we get into Acts chapter 4, and, and it says that they had a prayer meeting, and, and literally the building that they were in was shaken as they were praying. We go to Acts chapter 5, and it says that there was another prayer meeting, and, and miracles were, were taking place, and over and over and over, all the way through to the end, we see this movement called the church filled with common, ordinary people, and over and over and over What's making the change is not the people, but it's the people that are praying and allowing God to move and, and, and asking God to do things that only God can do, and God is doing it. So what's making the difference? It's prayer. Prayer was bringing about a change in their life that was bringing about a change in other lives. And over the past couple of weeks, we, we've said, look, we're going to break it down to one point and, and, and things to, to remember. And the first week, we, we said this, that prayer was such a priority in the life of Jesus and in the early church that often they would push away to pray. The things that, that had everybody convinced that were urgent, Jesus would just push away and, and pray. It, it's, it's right there. Luke chapter 5, Jesus has a crowd of people, and all these people are coming around, and they want something from him. And Jesus departs, and he prays. And sometimes in, in this life, we have all of the, the things that have been entrusted to us or placed upon us or, or people are looking to us and, and they need this now and they need it right then. They needed it yesterday. And all of these things overwhelm us and, and we say, how am I going to get it all done? And sometimes the best thing for us to do is just to realize we need to push away and pray. That, that everything that, that seems to be screaming urgent and demanding from, from everyone else isn't always as urgent and important as we might think it is or as they might think it is. Jesus carved out time and he created it to where he would push away and pray. But then we see in the life of Jesus and we saw it in the life of David and, and we saw it in, in the life of the early church as we looked through Acts and, and here's what, what they would do. Not only would they push away to pray, but they would pray throughout the day. Pray throughout the day the day. Not, not just a, a moment, not, not just as they started their day, not just when it was time to eat, right? Not, not just, just time when it was a, a moment to, to go to bed and, and say, okay, the day's winding down. I, I need to go ahead and, and get the, the prayer in. No, that they, they were praying throughout the day over and over and over, spending time with God. And, and, and we just challenged ourselves, what, what would happen in our life if we would just begin to pray throughout the day. If, if we just took a, a period of five to ten minutes throughout the day and we just talked to God, and, and, and before you know it, we would have prayed an hour during that day. What would happen if we just began to pray throughout the day? Something comes into our mind and, and, and we pray. We, we talk to God uh, about that, building the habit of, of prayer in our life because that was who Jesus was. That's who the early church learned to pray from, and that's what they were doing. Well, today, we, we just want to say this. We, we, we want to pray before the fray. What is the fray? It's the struggle. It's the problem. It's the confrontation. It's the circumstance. It, it's, it's what's waking you up early, keeping you up late. It's what you're going to encounter that maybe you've not expected. It's the battle. We want to talk about praying 
before that. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse number 12. It says then, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they, they went up into the upper room where, where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer. I would encourage you just to, to highlight, to underline, to circle, to, to write in. It, it's perfectly okay to, to, to do that in, in, in your Bible. If you've got a, a Bible that has pages, if you've got a Bible on one of your devices, I, I would encourage you to highlight it. To, to underline it, to, to mark it up, it, it, because we need to, to see, here's what they did. They continued to pray. Jesus told them, look, I want you to go back to Jerusalem, and, and here's what, what's going to happen. He gives them some instructions, but, but what they did is they went back, and the Bible says the first thing they did was they continued in prayer. They, they continued in prayer. They, it, there wasn't a strategy meeting. There wasn't the, what are we going to do? How are we going to negotiate this problem? How are we going to get around this difficulty? All these things that he said that, that we don't understand. There wasn't a, a meeting going, okay, you're the leader now. We're appointing some people. We need to, to figure this thing out on our own. The, the Bible says they continued in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of J Jesus, and with his brothers. And then you go throughout the rest of the book of Acts, and I hope you're picking up on it. Over and over and over, you're going to see they continued to pray. You're going to see, and when they had prayed. Over and over and over. That's what you see. How were so many incredible things taking place? It was a part of the, the power of prayer. But, but where did they learn to pray? It says that they continued in prayer, but where did they pick this habit up? Today, I just want to give you a few things that will help you pray before the fray. Pray before the problem. Pray before the crisis. Pray before you are encountering the critical moment where the decision has to be made. Let's go back to Luke chapter 11. Because in Luke chapter 11, here's what we're, we're getting. We're getting a perspective from Luke as to what happened in the life of Jesus. And, and when you're reading through Acts, you're getting a perspective of Luke as to what happened in the early church. So, so let's take a look and see what he writes from Luke chapter 11 beginning in verse number one. Here's what he says. It says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Think about that for, for just a, a moment. These are people that Jesus has chosen to, to be his followers. He's invited them. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, they're there and they see Jesus praying. They've heard prayers offered in the temple before, but they notice that something is different about Jesus. They notice that the phrasing is different. They notice that it's something that flows from the heart. It's not ritualistic. It's not something that has been memorized. It's very conversational and it catches their attention. And here's what they say. 
they, they say, would you teach us how to pray as John also taught his disciples? Well, why is that so important? Do you know one of the things that John taught his disciples was not only how to pray, but John taught this truth that's found in John chapter 3 and verse number 30. John, he had a crowd of of people coming to him continually and a crowd of people that wanted to know the truth of of who the Messiah would be and what would happen. and, And he's teaching and all of these things. And Jesus comes on the scene. And here's what John does. John says, you know what? He must increase, talking about Jesus, but I must decrease. I want to tell you something. Those two phrases, he must increase, but I must decrease, tell us a lot about the life of John. It'll tell us about his prayer life and how he taught other people to pray. It'll it'll tell us about his perspective of who he was and who Jesus is and, and who he wanted Jesus to be in his life. And when we look at what what they say. John taught his disciples to pray. They pray different. You pray different. We want what you have. So here's what Jesus does. He says, okay, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus, here's a request. He gives them something that's a breakdown, something that that is is very unfamiliar to them, but very familiar to him when, when you trace his prayer life through. And then when you look at the prayers of the early church, these same people that heard that instruction in Luke chapter 11 are now practicing it throughout the book of Acts in those early chapters. And here's what Jesus says. If I'm going to learn to pray before the the fray, before the battle, here's something that that I have to work on. And and it's this, I've got to pray from the desire to pray. I've got to learn to pray from the desire to pray. Meaning I have to learn to pray from the idea that I want to pray. But let me ask you something. Just just a couple of questions to to analyze your prayer life. Analyze some some things going on in, in, in your heart and life. Do I pray because I want to or because I think I have to? Can I, can I just tell you, most of the time down at the temple, people prayed because it was a ritual and because they were supposed to. When, when, when Jesus prays, when John prayed, when, when they heard the, the different things, they said, look, there's something different and we want to know what you have. So Jesus says, look, when you pray, he's saying, look, you want to know how to pray, so I'm assuming that you have the desire to pray and I'm assuming that you're going to pray. Can can I just tell you something? When Jesus said, when you pray, do you know what Jesus was saying? He was saying, look, if you're going to trust me for salvation, then then I'm assuming that you're going to trust me for the answers to life. And I'm assuming if you want an eternal relationship with me, you'd like to talk to me before you see me in heaven. He's saying, I'm assuming it's going to be a part of your daily life, a part of your routine. So so just ask yourself the question, do I pray because I want to or because I, I think I have to? Am I comfortable praying wherever I am? Where is that that 
comfort level. Do, do I ever just talk to God about life and the things that I'm encountering? Do I pray proactively or is it always a reaction? You see, when you look at, at Jesus, he prayed proactively. When, when, when you look at the early church, they, they prayed proactively, meaning they prayed before the crisis. They prayed during the crisis. They prayed after the crisis. I don't know about you, but there's been periods in my life where when there's a crisis, I'm really good at praying. I, I mean, I, honestly, right? When, when, when there's a crisis, we can get really close to, to God, but one of the things that Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer is, is this, that we pray before the crisis. He says, when you pray, he, he, he gives a, an idea and an outline. He's saying, I want you to pray from the desire to pray, the desire to get to know him more. So, so let me ask you something. What's your desire to pray? Here's, here's what's going to happen. When you begin to pray, you're going to impact and develop your desire to pray. The, the more you pray, when you see God work and you see God answer prayer and you see God do things that, that only God can do, do, do you know what's going to happen? You're going to desire to talk to him a little bit more. But when we're not praying, do you know what we're doing? We're, we're robbing ourselves of an opportunity to talk with God. We're, we're missing out on, on that opportunity. We're missing out on that option. So, so Jesus said, I want you to pray from the desire to pray. Meaning, I want you to have a desire to pray. And, and the, the more you pray, the more you're going to desire to talk with me. But, but then he, he says this. He says, I want you to pray from relationship relationship in verse number two he says our father in heaven hallowed be your name you see he says i want you to start with the father and and and, and here's what he's saying he's saying the one that gave us the, the basis of creation gives us the basis of salvation he's the one that that gives us our redemption and when we come and talk to God, we're talking to the Father. Now, think about this with me for just a, a moment. When they gathered down at the temple, they never heard prayers like that. God was always distant. God was always far away. And you know what? It's really hard to, to fuel a desire to talk to someone who's really distant, it's really hard to fuel a desire to talk to somebody that doesn't seem very interested. But, but Jesus says, look, when you pray, when you fuel that desire, here, here's what I want you to understand. I want you to understand that you can come to God as a, a loving father that cares about you and is interested in absolutely every area of your life. They, they, they were being introduced to something that was completely different. They said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? We want to pray like you pray. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you pray, talk to him like you would talk to a loving father that's interested in your life. You, you see, when you can talk to a loving father that's interested in your life, do you know what you can do? You can go to him before the problem arises. You can get help in advance. You can have the conversation before the crisis. He says, our Father. Then he, he says, 
here's the reality. We're talking about the relationship that we have with him. Continual access. Not just crisis mode, but a continual mode. Think about this for, for just a moment. In, in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 14, it says, and they continued in prayer. What were they continuing? That relationship continued on. Jesus taught them how to pray. They continued in that prayer from a standpoint of, of praying from the idea that the Father is there. So our Father in heaven. Their picture of a, of a cold, distant God all of a sudden turns into a Father that's a provider, that's a protector, that keeps one secure, that keeps one safe, that has access to everything that is needed. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He, he says, your name is, is special, but you're accessible. You know, when, when Jesus said, I want you to, to talk to him like, like he's a father, he wasn't demeaning the name of God. He was, he was saying he's accessible to your need and to my need. And some of us have been taught or we've gathered the idea over years that, that God's really not that interested in in our, our problems because he's way up here and he's set apart. But, but can I tell you something? While God is set apart, he is completely and totally accessible. If, if you're a child of God, if you have trusted him as your savior, I want to tell you something. He is your heavenly father and you have complete and open access to him. So we talk about praying before the fray. Pray before the fray. Pray before the crisis. Why? Because it, it's a relationship that is available. But then Jesus says this, I want you to pray from submission. Well, let's talk quickly about the, the submission of, of prayer. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know what Jesus is, is saying? He's saying, look, if you really want to learn to pray and you want to learn to have conversation with God, then, then here's something that I would recommend that you do. When you're talking to God, pray from submission to his rule over your life. Why? Because submission to him will keep you close to him. Submission to him will keep you focused on, on him. Submission to him will, will cause you to follow him. He, the, he, he's saying, look, you want to know how I pray, and you want to pray like me, and like John taught his disciples to, to pray, and you want something that you can continue in. You want something that will help you before the crisis, during the crisis, and after the crisis. Here's what I'm telling you. Pray from a heart of submission, saying, okay, God, here's what I want. I want you to rule in my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let me ask you something. Do you ever feel like your prayer life might just be a list where you say, God, this is what I need? And, and I need it now, right? I mean, timeline. I, I, I've been talking to him lately about a handful of things that I need by yesterday. But you, you know what? So sometimes God's not so interested in, in my need of yesterday as he is in my willingness to say, okay, God, I'm putting my timeline out of the picture, out of the way, and I'm asking you, to rule and reign in my heart instead of my desires. 
Instead of what I, I want and, and what I think is best, God, I'm, I'm asking you to take over. And, and, and I'm, I'm praying from a heart of, of submission. What would it look like in your life right now to pray from a heart of, of submission? To, to be willing to, to pray and say, okay, Lord, here's, here's ultimately what, what needs to be done. Instead of me submitting my request, I just need to submit to your rule. Now, I'm not telling you to not submit your request. Because we're going to get to that in just a moment. He just says, look, I want you to start off and I want you to have a heart for, for what I have a heart for. And, and he says, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Literally, Jesus is saying, just as we ruled and reigned together in heaven, Father, I want you to rule and reign in my life here on this earth. That's what, that's what Jesus says. So, so is one of our top prayer requests, one of our top desires for, for God to, to rule and reign in our life because that's the that's the prayer that they continued in when you read through acts when there was a problem they didn't say take the problem they said give us boldness to deal with the problem they didn't say how are we going to remove it they said god help us to go through it there was submission that there was a willingness to say oh okay lord this is this is what you have help us to want what you want. But he goes a little bit further. And he says, just as you rule and reign in heaven, I want you to rule and reign in, in my life. Because some of us want him to, to, to rule and reign in, in, in other lives, right? I mean, we, we, could, we could all find somebody that needs God to rule in their life. But, but Jesus said, look, I'm, I'm talking about him ruling and reigning and, and having free reign right here in our hearts and in our lives. But he says this, give us day by day our daily bread. How about the prayer for dependence? Give us day by day our daily bread. Jesus is saying, look, I want you to understand that you need to be dependent upon the Father for what you need today what you need tomorrow. And some of us are so worried about tomorrow, and we're trying to figure things out for tomorrow. And we've got to get everything in a neat little tight order that fits us, not necessarily God, but, but that, that fits us. And we say, okay, God, this is what I need. One of the things that we, we've got to remember is a dependent life and a dependent heart is submitted to the Father and saying, okay, God, I want what you want, and I want to be dependent upon you for each and everything that I need, not only today, but tomorrow. So how do we do that? Well, we live in daytight compartments to start with, but also we need to understand that we prepare for tomorrow by making the most of today. And the best thing that you can do for tomorrow is live today connected to Jesus and spend some time in prayer because how you live today for Jesus will impact your tomorrow. How you depend on him today will influence what your tomorrow looks like. So he says, give us day by day our daily bread. What does that mean? It's our physical and material needs. But, but let me ask you this. Do you, do you think when you 
when you trust him for physical and material needs and you're dependent upon him, don't you think that that makes a difference in things like strength, peace, joy, all those things that are a fruit of the spirit? You see, that, that goes back to being submitted to his rule and, and reign and, and prayer from submission. The extreme power and influence of the early church, how did it happen? They were dependent upon God. I mean, how did, how did it take place? How, how did a group of people say, look, you know what? We're, we're willing to sell all the things that we have and go and give it to people that, that have nothing and, and make sure that, that things are, are, are taken care of. How did, how did that happen? They, they said, God will take care of us. God's bigger than, than our crisis. God is, is bigger than, than what we can see and what we can't see, and we're willing to be that dependent upon him. When, when you look at, at your life, what, what does your, your dependence level say about your, your relationship and, and trust with the Father? What, what does it say about being dependent upon him and, and, and saying, look, I, I trust you enough to, to take care of, of what needs to, to be taken care of. You see, sometimes we don't pray until the crisis. We don't pray until there is that fray, that struggle, that battle, because we're not completely submitted in, in, in prayer. We're not praying for his will to, to be done in, in our life and our hearts to, to let him rule and reign, but we're not dependent upon him on a daily basis. We're just saying, no, I've got this. I, I'm going to figure it out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of it. And you say, John, how do you know that? Because I've, I've been there. Okay, I'm, I'm a human being. And saying, God, I want you to rule and reign in my heart and, and in my life is, is a, a, a daily battle. It's a daily battle for all of us. And we have to come back and say, okay, Lord, I need to pray before I get to the problem. So, so how do I do that? I pray for submission and direction. I, I pray that I would let you rule and reign in my heart and my life. And I pray that I would be dependent upon you for this day. The things that are, are needed. The things that are counted on the things that I think wow we can't possibly do without God I need to depend on you for all those things because when I do it begins to bring about that change well we we look at the next thing and, and the next thing might might be difficult it's, there's no might be to it because it impacts every one of us it says and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Let's talk about the practice of forgiveness for, for just a moment. We've got an entire message com coming up on it from the life of Stephen here in the, the next few weeks. The practice of forgiveness. Jesus said, okay, I, I want you to, to the, the disciples said, Jesus, I, I want you to teach us how, how, how to pray. So Jesus says, look, let, let, let's remember that when you pray, you, you pray from relationship, you pray from submission, you, you pray from dependence. But then he says, let, let's, let's include the practice of forgiveness. Forgive us of our sins. That, that wasn't something that they talked with God about. That was something that they, they let a sacrifice be offered up for. Yeah, yeah, we've sinned, but, but down at the temple, they, they go ahead and they offer up an animal, and, and there it is. And, and Jesus is saying, no, it's time for us to, to bring it home and own it a little bit. To recognize our need for forgiveness, to recognize the one that is offering forgiveness. Jesus says, look, that this is what we, 
we need to do. So he says, God is the one who forgives sins. We're the ones that receive it. He says, so let's, let's include that in there. But then he says this. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. He says, extend forgiveness to others. You know what he's, he's saying? He's saying, why don't you include this in your prayer life? God, just as you forgive me of my sins, help me to forgive those that wrong me. Just, just let me be a channel of your grace and forgiveness. Now, I don't, I don't know what, what you struggle with, but I know in, in my human flesh, sometimes for, forgiveness can be difficult. You, you ever struggle talking to God and, and asking for forgiveness for something? Because sometimes we can, we can justify. We, we can say, I was right because... I, I did it this way because, or, or when it comes to extending forgiveness and, and, and passing it on, sometimes we're, we're quick to say, yeah, but, but they don't deserve forgiveness. But remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, we're praying from a relationship that is submitted to the Father, and just as he rules and reigns in heaven, we want him to rule and reign in our life, and we want to be dependent upon him. And as we're letting him rule and reign in our heart and in our life, and we're dependent upon him for the daily needs, the daily bread, the material things, then he brings it back to a spiritual thing, and he says this, that, that the things that often hinder relationships and, and create struggle, he said, I, I want you to learn how to handle those things like, like I am willing to to handle them. So he says on a daily basis, we need to be praying to make sure our relationship is right with him, but to make sure our relationship is right with them. And when we look at our life, sometimes one of the battles that is, is our greatest battle, one of the phrase that we engage in more than anything is relational issues and, and forgiving can be challenge. But Jesus says, look, I want you to remember, as you ask me for forgiveness, help me to forgive other people as you have forgiven me. Which means Jesus reveals to us through, through the, the word, God does that, that our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west, and they're to be mentioned no more. Think about this. When, when Jesus died on the cross, here, here's what happened. It, it, it was paid in full. It means it was forever canceled. It, it wasn't to, to be brought up. And, and when, when Jesus was on the cross and, and he looked out and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. None of the Roman soldiers came and said, we're sorry about this. We probably got the wrong person. We're, we're being forced to do it. No, Jesus just looked at him and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. So what would happen in our prayer life? And, and I, I just want to ask this. What would happen in our prayer life if we said, okay, Lord, I need your forgiveness because of A, B, and C. But God, as I go throughout my day to day, I know inevitably somebody's gonna tick me off, somebody's gonna upset me, somebody's gonna do something that I don't like, but help me to live in forgiveness before I ever get there. Help me to, to begin to deal with it and get it out of the way so that bitterness doesn't take root in my heart. 
He talked about the practice of forgiveness. Just as we receive it, we extend it. But then he, he says this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know what Jesus gave him? He gave him the continued guidance of the Father. You want to make the most of prayer and pray before you get there. Pray for the continued guidance of the Father. He says, do not lead us into temptation. You know what he's saying? He's saying, maybe, maybe we should pray and, and just say this, God, I want to go where you want me to go. So help me to follow you. I, I think that, that this portion of the prayer might be more about God helping us to follow him than it is anything else. Have you ever noticed that we want people to follow us? I mean, at home, when, when we ask the kids to do something, we want them to follow at work, if you have a leadership position, you, you, you want them to, to follow. If you're responsible for something, you, you want to get it taken care of and, and you want it to, to fall in line. But, but how much time do we, do we ask God to help us to follow him? God, that we would follow you more than emotion, more than feeling, more than, than anything else. He says, deliver us from the evil one. What does that mean? Prayer for protection and deliverance before we get there. Before we get there. God, I know I'm going to have temptation today. It's not that I'm out looking for it. It's just that I can't avoid it, right? It, it's going to be there. Something's going to be put before us to say something wrong, to do something wrong. The temptation is going to be there. God, would you help me today? Would you direct me? Would you guide me? Would you deliver me from the evil one and the influences? You see, one of the greatest things that we can do for our life, for the lives of those around us, is to pray before the battle, to pray before the struggle. You see, sometimes we think, look, I'm, I'm just going to wait and it'll take care of itself. That's what people often do with this concept of trusting Christ as their Savior, of following Jesus. I'll wait. There'll be time for that later. And later sometimes never comes. You see, if you, if you don't know Jesus, we need to trust him now. Paul writes in, in, to the church at Corinth and he says, today is the day of, of, of salvation. Jesus said in his prayer, look, you have an opportunity to refer to him as the father, to have a loving heavenly father that wants that relationship. And he's saying, look, that's the way we pray. We pray from that desire for that relationship. And we, we pray based on a father that loves us and cares for us. And I want to tell you something. We've got a, a creator and a father in heaven that loves you and cares for you, and he wants nothing more than to know you as personal savior. So today, if you don't know him as your personal savior, then trust him. But I want to tell you something. If you do know him as your personal savior, and you would say, look, am I only praying when I feel like I have to? Make that change today. Start talking to him as a, a loving father that wants to connect with you and, and loves you. And, and, and take some of these principles and pray before the problem. Pray before you get to the struggle because it will not just change your life. It'll change your life and those around you. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you today, if you're certain that you know Christ, if you're certain that you've trusted him and followed him, 
by asking him to, to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior. If you've never done that today, I would love to give you an opportunity to do that. And it just needs to be a simple prayer that goes something like this. Jesus, the best I know how, I'm admitting that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking you to help me to live for you. If you will pray a simple prayer like that, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the acknowledgement that you're a sinner and that you're trusting Jesus to be your savior, to forgive you of your sins. That's what saves you. The Bible says that with the heart, man believes, but with the mouth, confession is made. So just asking. Maybe you're here today and you say, John, I've already trusted him as my savior, but I need some help praying on a regular basis, praying before the problem, praying before the struggle, praying before the, the crisis. And I want that to be the influencer in my life. If that's you, just offer up a prayer as I lead us in prayer. Father, today we come to you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And Lord, as the early church continued in prayer, they continued in the prayer that you taught them. They continued in, in the example. It wasn't just reciting a memorized passage of scripture as we often view the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. It was the content, letting that sink down in and impact their conversations with you. Father, today I ask that you would help us to continue to pray. To pray as you have taught us. To pray as you want us. And God, help us to grow in our conversations and in our prayer time with you. For it's in Christ's name. Amen. I want to thank you for gathering with us today. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, 
We're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home, and I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life, and I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.